the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under a separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal is here in studio with us right now. Hello, Larry. Good morning. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you this weekend before Thanksgiving? Oh, man. I'm tuning up. I'm getting ready to come over to the Barbie there and clean up a little bit at your house. How's that sound? All right. All right. You know, every year I threaten to give out your home address <laughs> and have a WAVA and Sirius XM 131 Family Channel barbecue at your place. You know, or, or Thanksgiving at your place. You couldn't say. fit Not them barbecue. in my backyard, but I'll bet you they could fit in your backyard. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense. Favorite day of the week because it is open mic Saturday. Love your questions. We get questions all week long. Uh, love it. I want to continue to drive forth financial education properly. Properly. Showing you how to control, how to make, how to, how to do the best things that you can do for you and your family in accumulating the assets you need to put kids through college, uh, provide retirement planning, pretty much the whole nine yards. That's what we're here all about today is to give you proper education from a biblical perspective on financial planning and wealth management. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any questions at all on estate planning, taxes, the economy, what's going on in your retirement plan, insurance, whatever's on your mind. Give us a ring today, 855-ROSE-123 to reach us live here in the studio. So what happened this past week in the markets? The markets continued to grind higher a little bit, although we had a couple little down days. But you know what? Nothing really big, major, as far as a pullback goes. And the main headline this week is possibly the markets are starting to look at a Fed pivot sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. A pivot. Well, you can't really have a pivot unless you have it with a a pause. So I think the headlines are a little wrong 
In other words, the, mar the, the Fed's ha Fed has raised interest rates. They're pausing at this level right now. Looks like they're going to pause, for, I hope, for four or five months. But now the markets are starting to really price in. Actually, next May, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a 22% chance that the markets, the markets were saying next May of 2024, the Fed's probably going to start to lower interest rates. Now there's about a 90% chance that they feel that the Fed will start to lower sometime around May of next year. So why is that? The reason why is we're starting to see more pressures on inflation starting to come down. And one of the key indicators looking forward, sort of the canary in the coal mine, is the 10-year note. The 10-year note reached about 5% just a few weeks ago, only this week to close down below 4.5%. So it's come down almost 50 basis points here, which is a big, big movement in the bond market looking down the road and saying, you know what, rates aren't going to be this high for that long. Good news in the mortgage front, right? Okay. Bad news on CDs, bank accounts, things of that nature. How do we play that? We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show today. But, you know, you're, you're taking a look also at corporate earnings. 95% of our S&P 500 publicly traded corporations have reported so far this quarter. And when you take a look at blended blended earnings, which is the ones that haven't reported the estimates yet and the ones that have reported, it looks like earnings are going to be up 4.3%, which is very, very good com compared to the third quarter a year ago. And sales on that is up to 2.2. So the economy is rolling along. The economy has, has so far been able to digest the interest rates where the Fed has put things. So we're seeing inflation come down, still trickling a little bit. And I know I got into a big discussion this week with some clients in the office about, well, wait a minute, what about the grocery store? You know, we're still looking at the grocery store. Yes, we, sure. we see that and understand that. It's one of the last things to fall, but it's starting to come down a little bit. What so is that, because it, of supply chain issues mainly? Supply chain issues and just people just, you know, uh, companies being able to still receive um, uh, you know, demand for products at that height, mm -hmm. you know, so, so it, it's going to take a while. It's kind of a lag. It's like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster, Chris, and, and the first car goes over the peak of the hills actually facing down the last car is still going upward. Right. So it's sort of a lag effect when it comes to that. My son but used it, to force me to be in the first car of those roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Better you than me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, all in all, when you, when you really take a look at, <clears throat> at, where the markets are right now from the lows of October that we had, or not the lows of the year, but the October lows, we're up 9% from that, just based off of the Fed officially pausing, seeing inflation track down a little bit more, job numbers look good, wages are softening. So, so all of that's playing out for a continual um, deflationary environment. Now, we're not going to get into deflation, but I should say inflation softening. L let me put it that way. So bottom line is we're not ready to wave the all-clear flag, but we do see the light uh, on at the end of the tunnel, which is very, very good. And it's interesting, too, because right now we're talking about finally over the last 17 months the economy taking a pivot. And there's a new survey out by, by the Financial Times. A poll found that 14% of Americans today say they feel better off since uh, the new administration took or the current administration took over, where 82% said that they feel that, that the biggest stress is 
pricing pressures. Okay, and that comes on the fiscal side of the house too. So, so that's gonna you know you're gonna start seeing more and more headline things uh, coming up with the election year and and stuff like that. But bottom line here is we're we're starting to see a broader base leadership than just you know the magnificent seven uh, tech stocks. So we're starting to see a wider. Uh, participation in the markets, bond rates are coming back down, pushing bond prices up. So things are really showing a healing process is starting to take place. It's been 17, 18 months since this, this cycle started. We are not at the end of it, but we are definitely a whole lot closer today. Let's see what uh, springtime brings. That's probably when we can hopefully wave the all-clear flag at that particular point. So things look pretty good, Chris, from a market standpoint. Make sure you're still diversified. Make sure that, you know, I was explaining to a client this week, had a, had a, had a review with a client this week, and it was really interesting because, let me just share this since we're talking about the markets. The, the 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 question of of performance came up and there I showed them their performance is fine and everything and they were talking about the markets and they were they said well you know the the, the question was you know they're basically in a, a 50 50 portfolio 50 percent equities 50 percent bonds and that's just where their risk tolerance is mm. and they said well how does this compare against the market and I said well which market and they said well you know the s p and I said and I showed the S&P, I showed their performance, and, and they said, you know, it's a little behind. And I said, yes, by design, because remember, the S&P is 100% stock. You have 50% bonds, right, and some cash equivalents too. And so when you're comparing things to the markets, you want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. But then I showed them the more important thing that you're comparing against. You're not in competition. Nobody should be in competition with the stock market. You should be in competition with the success probability of your financial plan. That's what's driving the investment gain. That's what the investment purposes are. If your financial plan says, hey, I want to retire at XYZ age, I want to have a certain amount of income coming in, I want to be in this tax level, I want to do this, that, and the other, and all these different things, then you take the investment strategies to gear toward your personal financial plan. You're not in competition with any index in the market or bond allocation or anything like that. You're in competition with your own financial plan. And it perplexes me to see people making investments. And I ask, are they on pace with your financial plan? And they go, well, what are you talking about? I, you know, I don't have a plan. You know, what, what is that? Or, yeah, I did one several years ago, haven't looked at it since. And mm. so my, my, that's what you have to look at. You have to have this financial plan because in good times and in bad, it will basically tell you where you lie as far as your goals, college funding, a ski condo in Vermont, or retirement planning, or whatever it may be, the new barbecue house, what, what, whatever's going on there. That's what you're in competition with. Always remember that. Get the financial plan. If you want to take a look at one, you can go to my website, Larry Rosenthal. We've got a little 90-second video on the front page there that takes a look at what one really should look like. Let's bring Karen on from New York. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? Hi. Uh, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Okay. Uh, I, uh, I will be 58. Uh, so I have about 10 years, 9 years until I reach full retirement age. However, I've been on Social Security disability uh, for most of my adult life. I have worked part-time.
time on and off over those years as I've been able to. Uh, so I've exhausted my ticket to work. I've used up my nine trial work months, et cetera. I am under extended eligibility as far as Social Security is concerned. Um, I am feeling uh, healthier now at this point in my life. Uh, and I'm wondering if I should go off Social Security disability, try to work as much as I can over the next few years, and try to increase the amount of my uh, Social Security check. Right now, I only get about $1,100 a month, and um, you know, it's really not going to be enough to cover things once I'm unable to work at all. Um, I know that there's expedited reinstatement if uh, I go off Social Security and find that I'm just not able to sustain that, but I, part of me is afraid to risk uh, that, I mean, leaving it up to chance that maybe I won't be reapproved. So well, I don't know if it's better to just stay on Social Security. Karen, that is, that's the big question. I understand what you're talking about because obviously qualifying for regular Social Security at retirement would give you probably a little bit more money than the Social Security disability that you're receiving now. And that would be my question is I would want you to talk to your, your advocate at Social Security to find out. I know that you can get reinstated, and I know there are expedited ways, but remember, they have to reapprove you too. And that is a, 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 sometimes that's a big process to, to obtain, as you probably know. And so I don't know what your, your situation is, but, but you really should really probably speak with your, your doctor to see, you know, what he or she thinks, as well as getting with your Social Security uh, caseworker, your advocate there, and really make sure that you've got, you've got a good, clear vision of what you're about to do, because the last thing you want to do is have to go back and reapply again and then not get approved for that. Um, so, so that would be the steps that I would take as far as that goes, okay? Okay, okay. Absolutely. And let me do this, too. Let me go ahead and send you out our financial planning toolkit, okay, okay. which is going to go ahead and help give you a, a good start in, in taking a look at what retirement planning is actually going to look like, okay? So I'm going to put you on hold here. I'll have Bob give you a ring, and we'll have or get some information from you. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and start you down the road of building, showing you how to build a financial plan to take a look at retirement. But I want to make sure that you get all the educated information uh, on your Social Security decision before you go ahead and, and jump off of it, okay? Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. All right, appreciate the phone call, Karen. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to uh, Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment with more. Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. 
are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'd love to hear from you at 855-767-3123. And don't forget, you can also go ahead and put your questions there in the uh, YouTube chat. We'd love to hear from you on that as well. And one other thing, Larry, before we get to... Uh, underway here is uh coming up we've got something fun that little seminar is just around the corner we do coming up on november 30th we're going to have our last webinar for the year and uh it's i'm looking forward to it because we're going to be going over leading economic indicators what to look for in the economy you know and and uh so these are there's three types of economic indicators there's lagging coincident and leading economic indicators we'll be going over the leading ones so it's going to be a lot of fun you can go visit my website larryrosenthal.com pull down the seminar tab right there and you'll see the registration right there on the on the uh website there's no cost for the for the webinar uh it's going to be on November 30th, we're going to have uh, from two sessions from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Both sessions will be live. You'll be able to ask questions. We're going to demonstrate how you look at leading economic indicators so you can see what's happening in the economy. We're also going to talk about a properly structured financial plan and probably go over some tax, tax uh, benefit programs as well during that webinar. So check it out. We'll have people from all over the country on there. There's no cost for this webinar. Just go to my website today, LarryRosenthal.com, and click through and sign up. Or you can simply go to the, the uh, YouTube channel, LarryRosenthal.tv, and click on the QR code that, that we have up on the screen and register right there Well, as I wish well. you could click, but you've got to scan it. Oh, uh, scan, click, yeah. swipe. <laughs> Whatever. There you go. Get it in your phone and you can register. How's there you that go. Sound, that Chris? works. Right? That works. All right. All right. So, hey, one thing I want to discuss today is is sequencing risk. Sequencing risk in, in retirement plans. What exactly is sequencing risk? What does that mean? Right? You know, so so obviously... You know, if, if you've, you've heard in the movies all the years, you know, buy so, buy, buy low, sell high, you know, that type of stuff and everything, right? 
But as you start moving closer, so think about this in your mind here. Think about two lanes of traffic, both traveling in the same direction. And in one lane, everything's fine and cruising along, okay? And that's your retirement lane. And you see down the road, hey, I'm going to retire at such and such a date and time. And in the lane next to you, that's the stock market lane. And you see that stock market cruising along just perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden, four months before you get ready to retire, the stock market decides to hit an oil slick and skid down a little bit. But it doesn't stop your momentum from still moving into the retirement uh, uh, stage of your life. Sequencing risk, sequencing of returns, the timing on retirement when you want to start pulling dollars out. How do you plan for that if the market is way up? Not a lot of hard hard decisions to make. If the market's down and, and you're going to retire, what do you do? Well, that answer gets solved. That question gets solved a few years before you make that retirement decision. Inside your portfolio, you should always have a sleeve of quiet money, pile of money, a piece of the portfolio that doesn't go up a whole lot, but also doesn't go down a whole lot. And 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 so this is where we're getting into some portfolio income construction. And I'll 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 pick that up in just a minute here. But let me go ahead and bring Rose on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Rose. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you today? Um, I just wondered if I have CDs, and um, when I die, should I have my daughter as a joint owner or pay on death beneficiary? I would prefer that she would be a payable on death beneficiary for any appreciating asset. CDs, I'm not too concerned about, okay, because you don't get a huge growth on those. You're just paying tax on the money that's coming in. But if if it's a, a stock or a home or something like that, she receives a stepped-up basis in value when, when she's a, a re, uh, payable on death beneficiary versus a joint owner. CDs in the bank account, not a big concern, again, because you're paying inter- you're paying taxes on all your interest there anyway. There's no real stepped-up value to, to have from that standpoint. Downside of that is if somebody were to sue her for something, they could attach that CD. But if your goal is to make her wanting to have access in case, to the money in case you're unable to and, and you need it for your care, then you can give her power of attorney also. But but that's pretty much the, the, the story on that um, as far as that goes. So bank accounts, I'm not too concerned about having a joint ver- versus the stepped-up basis, payable on death, uh, transfer on death type, type of designate, designations and other, other types of investments. But from lawsuits, that could be a problem. So you want to look at payable on death account. I mean uh, – power of attorneys from that standpoint. And Rose, I can send you out some information on all the different different ways to go about doing that if you'd like. And and the home deed, put her name on that or just power of attorney? Or? I, I would not suggest putting somebody's name on your home. And the reason why is because let's suppose you bought the home for $400,000 and today maybe it's worth seven hundred. If you put her name on the home, and you pass away, she gets the home. But if she goes to sell it, she may have to pay that tax on that increase, okay, if there is a taxable event. Now, 
because she's not living there, right? Yeah, to, to get around that, you got to live there two of the last five years as your primary residence. So she's not living there. That's a problem. Whereas if you make her TOD, if you, if you put the home in your name, Rose's Home slash TOD, and name your daughter's beneficiary, then when you pass, she receives that home just like if she was a joint owner, but now she gets the value in this example at 700000 She can sell it and not pay any tax because she receives what's called a stepped-up basis in value, and the whole thing can be done tax-free for her at that particular point. So that's the way that I would recommend it. Now, if you're concerned about estate planning while you're alive, if you become incapacitated and you you, you – you know, you need to move or do something, and you need her to execute, you know, transactions on the home, you can give her power of attorney, which gives her privileges to act in your behalf with any business dealings with the home and still um, still maintain that that positive tax scenario in, this, in the stepped-up basis on TOD. So that's the way that I would look at doing a home. Or simply put the home into a trust, into a revocable living trust. Two ways, a revocable living trust or TOD. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll send you out that information. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, don't forget to check out the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our webinar coming up on November 30th from noon to 1 and from 6 to 7 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun, leading economic indicators and financial plans. Uh, you'll learn a lot, that's for sure, and you'll have some, some opportunity there throughout the entire hour to ask questions if you like. So we're getting back to sequencing of, of returns, sequencing risk. As somebody approaches retirement, if the market's down, what do you do? Do you delay your retirement because the market's down? Certainly not. Okay, but my point is this, that inside every every portfolio, not every, I hate saying every and all all the time, right, and always, but, but in most portfolios, you always want to have a couple of sleeves of quiet money so that when you do approach retirement, if the markets are down, you still have some solid principal there while the other pieces of your portfolio are still recovering over time. So, so, so sequencing risk or, or, or um, sequencing of returns as it approaches your retirement is vital when it goes, when it goes to, to timing of everything. And a lot of people tend to overlook this. And the way you, you, you manage this is a couple of years before you get into the retirement runway, if you will, because that way you've got that quiet money already set up and ready to go regardless of what's going on in the markets and the economy. That's how you go about doing it. And in your financial plan, it should identify that for you. So it's, 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 it's a pretty easy thing. Think about people that, that wanted to retire at the end of 2021 when we had market highs. They hit, they hit, they said, hey, I'm going to retire at market highs. It's great. And then boom, 2022 hits and the markets are down pretty substantially. How does that affect your income? Will it affect your income? If the portfolio is constructed correctly, it probably would not have affected your income at all. And that's my point. As you see volatility, volatility will always be there in the future. There will be times when it's not volatile and times when there's pressure on the markets creating that volatility to the downside. And that's when you want to make sure your portfolios are set up and designed correctly. Let's bring Vernon on from Virginia. Good morning, Vernon. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. Doing fine. And you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? 
Yeah, I had a question about some land um, and how to, I guess, really best leverage it. Um, I have a piece of land that I gave to my son because it was part of my wife's family. Um, she's passed now, but anyway, I wanted him to have it. The land doesn't actually perk, but it's a good piece of property. And I wanted to know how to best leverage, he could best leverage it. Leverage it from what standpoint? Uh, from like a financial standpoint, as far as like saying, you know, it's roughly worth um, because of the non-perk, roughly about fifty, sixty, seventy thousand, something like that. Um, how can he best leverage it from the standpoint of, of you know, financially, um, as far as maybe uh, taking out possibly money off of it to use that type of thing? Well, he can always rent the land to somebody for their use. Um, he can also maybe take a loan out against the land, um, but, you know, there's no structures on it, right? So it's not going to produce a rental type of an income from that standpoint. The only, you know, if you wanted to rent it to somebody or to, for, for their land use, maybe to, to do some farming on it, I, I don't know. But really, when you're talking about leverage of real estate, you're talking about borrowing against the equity in the real estate to go do some other appreciable asset program as well. That would probably pretty much be the only way there. You know, I mean, if, if you've got raw land, Vernon, you know, you you have carrying costs. You have taxes and possibly insurance if you have it insured from a liability standpoint. So so you have carrying costs. Um, you know, so so if, you, if the land's just going to sit there and it's not going to produce any income, then what you're hoping for is somewhere down the road it becomes more valuable so you can pay sell it pay it off pay taxes and cover your carrying cost each year uh, if not then you might want to look to to sell it now and put it into some other type of real estate scenario where it is income producing that type of thing but the only way to really leverage that is to pledge it in a loan pull some cash out from it but then you're going to have to pay back the bank principal and interest. So whatever you go do with those dollars, you're going to have to make sure that it, that it overcomes that cost as well. So not a lot of leverage opportunity there in raw land. Okay. That's what I wanted to find out. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Have a great Thanksgiving. Um, you do the same. Yep. Thank you. So you're listening to Making Money Sense. We'll uh, keep the phone lines open here. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be 
This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, jump on those phones and talk to Larry at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Taking your calls right now. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also put your questions in there in the chat, and we will answer them. Well, actually, I won't because Larry's smarter than I, and he usually answers those questions. So call us up right now, 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. Appreciate the I'm missing you. back I, this way. I'm missing you. I'm just, How's oh, that? There, so much better. Yeah, Life go. is now good once on. again. <laughs> Computer controls, right? That's right. right. So, hey, so, you know, we talked a little bit about sequencing of risk, um, sequencing of returns, basically, in, in retirement income based off of your your calendar and what the stock market and the economy is doing at that particular point. Brings to us another question, and this is a, a an interesting thing. Sort of the theme here today is financial planning, and, and, and we're going to talk about a little non-number crunching uh, aspects of some stuff. What to do with your home, your primary home? It, it, it becomes a bigger and bigger discussion point all the time uh, as people age. You know, what are you going to stay in the house? You know, what about yard work? What about your neighbors? How about maintenance on the home? What about stairs in your house? What's the yeah. story with all this, right, Chris? You know, where do, where, what do we want to do? How do we plan for this, right? Yeah, you, you get these big houses and the, all these different stairs and different stories, and as you get older, you know, it just, it's a little bit more difficult to get up those stairs. And it think, is, think and then all of a sudden you look at doing, well, let's do a trade down. Let's get a smaller house and things, and then yeah. the kids start showing back up with grandkids, <laughs> and you're going, well, that where are we going to put them? How do we do this? What's yeah. the story here with all of this, yeah. right? Yeah. These are things that people sometimes don't think out. I've seen people over the years, you know, move, sell, move, move back, <laughs> trade down, buy up, all different types of things. Chase uh, their grandkids around the country is what I've in seen. In their retirement years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly correct. What is your plan for your real estate that you have? Uh, you know, are you in today? Are you in your, quote, unquote, your forever house? Is this the last house? Are you in the forever house right now? Uh, what do you do about uh, trading down to a smaller home? When do you do that? What location do you want to do it Do it in? You know, and then how do you pass real estate on to your heirs, right? How do you go about doing that? You know, we had a caller earlier today. You know, what's the best way to go about doing it, you know? Uh, recently, I was working with with a client through some estate planning issues on this, and you know, you look at a few kids. One wants to move in, one wants to sell it, one wants to buy it. You know, all different things like that. How do you go about handling that discussion with the kids? Uh, do you, you know, and 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 what is the the transferability of the home to the to the next generation? Do you even want to do that? 
So, so lots involved with the house. In my opinion, real estate's one of the hardest assets to pass on for, for a lot of those reasons right there. You know, and, and so bring that up. Talk about that in your family, okay, um, because it, it can create some, some anxiety between beneficiaries a lot of times. Uh, so, so make sure that those, those conversations are well thought out, well discussed. And this isn't something that you just handle over a weekend, by the way. You know, this, this, this may take some time in putting that into your overall plan, your overall financial plan, you know, and, and your estate planning too. You know, how, who gets to stay into the home for life and, and who passes it on and how and, and the maintenance, just a whole lot can of you, things. Can you specify that? that? I mean, that's, that's one thing that's kind of bothered me is, you know, leaving your home to, to your children. I mean, they can sell it or basically just whatever they want unless you specify it. You can make some changes there so that you, you can say you sell the house so that nobody fights. <laughs> you can. You can put the house into a revocable living trust, and the trust can say, you know, look, uh, you kids decide what you want to do. If you can't decide in six months, it has to be sold. Oh, there you go. Okay. You know, that, yeah. that type of a scenario, that, that can be easily done, you know. Um, you know, you, you, you want to... You know, you you want to make sure that that assets that get passed on, you know, get passed on in in a reasonable way without having greed and issues involved with it and 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 stuff like that. I think it's the last thing you want as a as a parent is for your kids to fight after you've gone to the Lord. You know, I mean, you just that's how I feel about it anyway. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. You know, Proverbs twelve. Well, or no, Proverbs fourteen twelve says, you know, there's a way that appears right. Uh, but in the end, leads to death. Not that this does. What we're talking about, <laughs> you know. But but uh, get some counsel on it all. Talk to talk to other people and what they've done, you know. And and, and that that kind of goes into another part of the estate planning uh, formation of things. The easiest way that I've seen for people to do an estate plan is is make sure that the starting point of it is done very very thoroughly, and that's the intimidation part. So here's what, what, I, what I always tell people to do. Just write down all of your assets on a piece of paper, you know, home, bank accounts, investments, such and such, business, interest, whatever it may be. Just write it down, okay? Just write it all down. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, just draw a line. Who do you want to get what? And how do you want them to get it? Do you want any uh, restrictions on them getting it? What charities do you want things to go to? And just start writing little little sentences on all of that. That's the majority of your estate plan right there. That's what you take to the attorney rather than sitting in the attorney's office trying to figure all that stuff out hours after hours. Sit down and figure it out first, then take it in and tell the attorney, him or her, this is what I need you to legalize. This is what we need to do with, with all of my stuff here. That's the best way to go about doing that. You know, if, if, if you want to get a copy, I've got a, I've got a kit that's called the Basics in Estate Planning Kit. We have sent out tons of these over the years, and it explains the differences between a will and a trust and TOD and POD and joint tenants with rights of survivor and partnerships and all that kind of stuff and probate and power of attorneys and all that stuff. If you'd like to get a copy of that kit, We'd be happy to send it out to you. We want to continue to drive forth education in the financial planning arena for you. Uh, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to my website.
website and send us off an email. We'll be happy to send you out our basics in estate planning kit. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our upcoming seminar on November 30th. It's going to be on financial planning and leading economic indicators. Two sessions from noon to 1 and from 6 to 7 p.m. They're both live. There's no cost for this webinar. There'll be lots of people on it from all around the nation. Lots of opportunities to answer questions live there. So check it out November 30th from noon to 1 and 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be be a lot of fun uh, on these webinars. This will be our last webinar, last public webinar anyway, for the year. We'll be rolling more out in January uh, when 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 it comes to all of that. So we get a lot of questions during the week, Chris. You know, we get, and, and that's great. We get questions through email and clients and, and just people asking different questions and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, what, uh, one, one of the questions that recently popped up is, are annuities better than buying stocks? Well, that's a whole conversation. But I wanted to bring that to the table today. You know, each investment, and, and this really goes back to the origin of, of understanding the investment objectives. And I see this a lot with people when they start asking questions, and I get it. I understand it. I mean, Wall Street has done a great job of manufacturing products and confusing everybody about this, that, and the other and how they all work. And then they start talking about all their Wall Street speak, inverse relationships, no cost basis, but ordinary income distributions if you're over 59. Just the whole nine yards, right? And all that genre, right, that they do. But here's – and that's an example of it, really, okay? But but here's this question. Are annuities better than buying stocks? First of all, understand you're talking about two different products in the industry, annuities and then stocks. Now, there are some annuities that have mutual or, or have sub-accounts in them that act like mutual funds that have stocks inside of them. But let's stop and, and break this down from the top. The purpose of an annuity is to give a guaranteed minimum rate of return at some point in time. And there's different types of annuities. There's variable annuities, indexed annuities. There's buffered annuities. There's fixed annuities. There's three or four different types of annuities. But at the end of the day, they're all designed to deliver a stream of income at a certain point in time that you pick with minimum performance on that income. That's the design of it, okay? Some have fees, some don't, some credit your rates of return differently than others. That goes into the different product mixes. The question is posed, are annuities better than buying stocks? Stocks, on the other hand, you buy a stock, now you have a piece of ownership or equity inside that corporation based off the number of shares that you own, and the goal of stocks are a couple different goals. You can buy a stock that the design of that stock is growth, grow, 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 or you can buy another stock and the design of that stock is is a little bit of growth, but the main purpose is distribution of dividend income to provide an income source for you maybe in your retirement years, okay? So I often get these questions, what's better? Should I buy an ETF or should I buy a stock or a mutual fund? Well, hold on a second. A mutual fund or an ETF they're different from a taxing standpoint, from a from a from a uh, a build standpoint, but they have stocks inside of them. You could have a growth mutual fund and a growth ETF, but how is that designed? So so recently I had a uh, someone was 
asking me the difference between two ETFs that that work in the chip arena. They they're they're you know semiconductor ETFs, and I was explaining this semiconductor ETF is more equally weighted. So it goes out and buys an equal amount of all the semiconductor stocks and sticks it in there and lets it go. Whereas the other one buys a lot of similar microchip stocks, okay, chips, but it has a higher weighting on the ones that they view are better. So you have an equally weighted one on one hand, okay, and then you have a a momentum-driven one on the other hand. And they're both buying, you know, many, many, many chip stocks, but they're doing it differently. So my point is this. This is a product called an ETF, an exchange-traded fund. They both participate in buying microchip stocks, but they then go about the build or how they put different weightings of stocks inside them totally different. Now you're getting down to the nuts and bolts of what's right for you in your investment portfolio. This is where you and your advisor sit down and take a look at it, okay, and, and understand this. Because the problem that we have here is that all these investments are not created equally. They're not. Yet everybody assumes that they are, and they totally aren't. I've seen S&P 500 ETFs outperform S&P other S&P 500 ETFs because they're weighted differently. Just like in this chip stock example, know what you own, understand what you own, how is it built, what is the sandbox that that investment can play in, what's the purpose of each and every investment, what's it supposed to do? And here's the question, not too long ago, we had someone in our office explaining a new investment vehicle to us. And I said, you know, all this stuff sounds great, but I also know this. There's no perfect investment out there. So explain to me what has to happen in the economy for this investment not to work out the way you just presented it. That's the way you need to look at your investments. What has to happen for this line of my investments to not perform well, for that line not to perform well, back and forth. That's the way you go about it, really assessing what you have in there. Let's bring Kim on from Maryland. Good morning, Kim. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, I, I joked with the guy who answered the phone. I said I have lots of questions. You have lots of questions. Um, I even wrote it down for Larry to say. Lots I, that's on my screen. All right. Well, we'll see if we can get you lots of answers. How's that? No, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. But I have um, my parents passed away and left us 68 acres, and um, me and another brother want to sell. Um, I am one, and my brother, but um, it, it, it is a trust. So I didn't know that at first. So I can't. They can't buy me out or anything. Is there any way to get out of this with it being a trust? Kim, it just depends on what the language of the trust says. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. My you know, if, if uh, it depends on what the trust says and what the objective is there. Does if if you and your brother are the sole trustees of the trust? I think there's five of us, and we're all um, like, if if I were to get out, I don't get anything. It goes to the next brother. That's what I've been told. So 
And that's I the way the trust was designed for whatever reasons. I have no idea, but it, but you have, you know, the the who's the trustee? Are all five of you trustees? Yes. Okay. I think so. And that's that's my whole concern is my uh, older brother who was the power of attorney. He doesn't tell us anything. I, I we don't even get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas anymore. I just feel like everything is in secret. We, we do have some um, people rent the property, but every time I've done my taxes, the tax person says, what are you all holding on to this for? It, we get a K-1, and they said, it's not benefiting you at all. So I, 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 I'm, I'm just, it's a, a sore spot with me. I don't want to be a part of it because he doesn't, it's not like it's a loving thing where he keeps us informed and... You know, I text the other day, how's the renter doing? No comment. You know, so I just don't, I don't want to be a part of something that I'm not a part of. Well, Kim, I'm, I'm sorry to hear this, and this is an example of something going south. And this is, yeah. you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the goal was of your parents and, and the attorney when they set it up like this. I have no idea. I don't know what the trust says, but there could well, be a way for you to disclaim ownership of it if you wanted to and just walk away. Um, that yeah. may be the okay. next question. You'd really have to get with an attorney and show okay. him or her the copy of the trust and say, okay. you know, these are my desires. This is what I'd like to do. How can I uh, approach this? How can I best do this? That, that's really what you okay. need to do. Kim, I, do I you see, have a copy see, of that? Do you have the, tr do you have the trust yourself so that you can read it? I do have. I don't understand it. I, I do have a copy of it. It just has me and my brother's names, and then it says trustee or trust. I will look at it. Um, so Kim, we have some offices. It. We we have some offices in Maryland. We have an office in Maryland. I see you're calling from Maryland. I I, I mm -hmm. we have some estate planning attorneys over there that we can refer you over to. That'd be the best thing that I could do today. I don't see. I don't have the trust or anything like that. But let me let me go ahead and place you on a quick hold. Bob will get your information, and we'll have someone give you a ring next week with some of our estate attorneys over in, in Maryland. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, Kim, you have a great Thanksgiving. I'll put you on a quick hold. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You know, we've got about five minutes left in the show, and and um, Chris is, you know, uh -oh, the, wow. the studio engineer wow. here. He's 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 Calling he's fun to out. work with. Obviously, been doing it for 20 years now and 19, 20 years. But but, you know, every once in a while, a I'm couple only of 20 minutes years old. How do I do that? Yeah. Right. A couple every once in a while, a couple of minutes right before the show, I'll I'll say, Chris, I need to reboot something or I need to do something. And he just kind of goes goes, you know, cybersecurity crazy on me. Because uh, he is such a tech guy, which is wonderful to have. But but I thought today, you know, leading know. up to Thanksgiving, we give him a little bit of a Thanksgiving present. We've uh -oh. got about four minutes and fifty seconds left in the show, and it's always interesting. A lot of you know, sometimes we'll get three or four callers on the line in the last two minutes of the show, and and it's kind of fun watching Chris all run around and try to figure it all out while he's putting on the the. The, the the hitting the buttons to change the show around and everything like that. So I thought today 
I just give him a nice early Thanksgiving present, and, and you know, with the last few minutes of the show, You're let's see if we can the light phones? up the board and oh. have everybody call and fill up fo- the phone lines and watch Chris go a little crazy here just the last few minutes. He's already waving his hands Why around. Not? No, no, okay. <laughs> anyway, that would be kind of fun. So give, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Let's have some fun with Chris right now. Watch him work a little bit here. So I thought that'd be kind of fun for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, oh, you shut yourself off. I can't no, hear him I'm answer, anymore. I'm answering uh, the calls that you told oh, me to pick the go. calls. Yep. All them. right. All right. Give us a call. 855-ROSE-123. There we go. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. So, again, you know, we were talking about looking at what you own. And just in some of the summary here of key points of today's show, please, it's un, it's very important that you don't try to compete with the stock market with your investments. Compete with your financial plan. It changes the world for you, okay? Uh, the stock market is too big of a roller coaster. You need to look at what your financial plan and your objectives are. That way, you, you know what you're on pace for when the markets are up or down or, or, or sideways or whatever. It's really important to really, really understand what your financial plan looks like. Know what you own inside your investments. Example right there. Uh, and then also make sure that you understand how you want things to go uh, to your heirs. Uh, beneficiary forms. The, the order of priority would be, first of all, take a look at your beneficiary. Well, write down everything you own. Look at your beneficiary forms. You'd be surprised. We do beneficiary audits for clients all the time, and you'd be surprised they have this old account over there or this old insurance policy there or whatever it is, and they got the wrong beneficiaries on them now. Uh, so, so make sure that you look at look at doing of uh, all of that stuff. So, um, hey, I want to just take a moment here, just wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving uh, week coming up, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend for sure. If you have any questions on anything during the week, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. The phone line switch over to our 800 toll line right after we're done with the show. Or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email with any of your questions on subject matter or anything like that. And don't forget, sign up for our website at Larry Rosenthal, uh, our, our newsletter at LarryRosenthal.com. It's free. There's no charge. We do not charge for this. We want to continue to push out financial education from a biblical perspective, from proper financial planning, and tell you exactly what it's all about and help you, you know, build your financial plan. You for might charge family. for that uh, turkey recipe, though, that big deep-fried yeah. turkey Turkey recipe is a different story, Chris. <laughs> that's not up for sale. Oh, man. No, nope, not up for sale it's at really all. It's really good. That, that's for sure. But, you know, we send out a, a, mar- a Monday morning market update every Monday morning. It goes out. Uh, right in your inbox there. And then don't forget to sign up for our, our upcoming webinar on November 30th, a couple weeks from now, Leading Economic Indicators, Financial Plan, and Some Tax Benefits that we'll be talking about in your investment strategies. Go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com, or check us out at LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. You can scan. There you go, Chris. You can scan the UR code. <laughs> you did it. All right. Yep, yep. Instead of swiping it, right, you can scan the UR code and uh, – Sign up for the, for the registration on, on the website. Too. So look forward to seeing everybody there the week after Thanksgiving. So until then, have a wonderful week. Bob, thanks for all your work today in the back of the studio doing the phones. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Making Money Sense Larry Rosenthal Show.
Okay, that's the callers. I will stay in studio afterwards, and I will answer these calls that are flying in, Chris. All right. That, good. Uh, we'll keep you keep you working here a little bit over the weekend. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. God bless. bring John on from Ohio. Good morning, John. How are you today? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.